This is the Coleman Associate Innovation Podcast. Innovation? Yeah, innovation. New, original, and creative. This podcast is designed to challenge the way you think about how healthcare is delivered. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign. If you haven't already done so, please take your seat and fasten your seatbelt. I'm your host, Ryan Jury. We are about to explore practical solutions and hear about how out-of-reach results are obtained. Welcome to the Coleman Associates Innovation Podcast, the show that brings innovations in healthcare from around the country to your podcast app. You may have noticed that I'm not Ryan, but my voice sounds oddly familiar. This is Adrian from Coleman Associates, and I took over the podcasting studio, also known as my living room, shout out to COVID-19, to bring you a special episode about making change during COVID-19. You know, we're in healthcare, there's never a right time. That's Amy Falk, the CEO from Health Partnership Clinic in Olathe, Kansas, talking about her decision to move forward with doing DPI, or dramatic performance improvement, during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm going to be bringing you interviews from two special guests, including Amy, about doing just that, DPI during the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, a feat which frankly isn't for the faint of heart. First up is Amy, who we just heard from. Just as a note, you're going to hear Amy refer to huddles during this segment. When Amy is talking about huddles, she is referring to what Coleman Associates calls administrative huddles. These administrative huddles are great for updating the whole organization on staffing, supplies, etc. Health Partnership does these administrative huddles in addition to their traditional patient care team huddles where the patient care team talks about every patient on the schedule for that session. So the organization starts in their administrative huddle in the morning altogether, then they immediately break into their patient care team huddles. So with that clarification, let's listen to Amy's conversation with Ryan. So do you just want to tell me a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm Amy Falk, and I'm the CEO at Health Partnership Clinic uh, with our main clinic here in Olathe, Kansas, which is a suburb of the metropolitan Kansas City area. Uh, we also have a school-based clinic and a pediatric mm-hmm. clinic within the metropolitan area, and then two uh, more rural clinics, uh, one in Pale and one uh, in Ottawa, Kansas. I have been the CEO here for the past coming up on five years. Congratulations. So, thank you. Or have you done anything in relation to trying to improve clinic workflows and or you know, kind of the revenue side of, of, of the health center? Absolutely. Uh, from clinic workflows, we engaged with Coleman. Uh, mm-hmm. We had engaged them pre-COVID to come in and do a look-see uh, to <laughs> kind of give us, um, I guess for us, a confirmation of what we knew was our pain points, mm. um, but also what other things could kind of be focused on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really engaging and very hands-on. Um, mm-hmm. We gained a lot from that. So at that point, we made the conscious decision to move forward with the um, dramatic improvement process with Coleman. It's kind of a, a gutsy move here. So you've got COVID happening and you've tried to figure out mm-hmm. how to solve some of your pain points. You know, sure. why did you do that? And what advice would you give to others as to why you did that? Um, you know, we waited kind of through really that dramatic March, April and May period. Mm-hmm. Senior leaders really came together. Now was the time. Um, mm. As I said, I've been here five years building my right. senior leadership team. Okay. Um, a year ago, two years ago, could not have done uh, this, 
this project. Uh, gotcha. But felt that my senior leaders were very engaged, very open to this, wanting to make the change. Um, we had open and honest discussions about mm-hmm. this and decided, you know, we're in healthcare. There's never a right time. <laughs> right. Um, you know, if it's not COVID, it'd be something else. Right. So really having the buy-in from senior leaders and deciding now is the time. Plus, as I said, you know, in some instances, volumes were lower. Mm-hmm. So it gave us time to really put some of the staff, allocate some of the staff to that mm-hmm. dramatic improvement team. And I think it pulled us out of mm-hmm. the doldrums of, of COVID. Yeah. Um, instead of focusing on, woe is me, we can't get this, or we don't have this, or this is happening, it was forward movement um, mm-hmm. where we could see progress. Um, so it was a really exciting process. So leading at a health center, um You've got rural, urban, school-based, pediatric-based. Um, that's no easy job. Uh, what keeps you up at night? Uh, right now, COVID. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and trying to uh, lead my staff and, you know, in a constant changing environment, how do you provide constant communication mm-hmm. so everybody's on the same page? But then I think right. the eternal concerns of the FQHC leader, um, especially now, revenues, volumes. Yeah. So COVID-19, how has COVID-19 weighed on your decisions as a CEO and you and your leadership team there? That's a rough question. Uh, (laughs) I think because it's uh, daily, we're hit with so many changes. While things may calm down in terms of all of the clinical information coming towards us, Mm -hmm. then you have the flip side of it with the continually differing guidance mm-hmm. um, has been the challenge for us. And, and I think, again, continuing the dialogue and communication as a team and how do we right. address it as a team? Right. So I guess the question is, is it droplet, airborne, somewhere in between today it's something, tomorrow it's something else? Well, what's contact, what's not? Um, right. You know, we, we joke, we have a checklist uh, that our my medical staff does for both employees, but then our patients. Mm-hmm. Kind of that triage, um, because early on and even now, we don't have just ample access to, to testing, but who gets tested, who doesn't, um, what mm-hmm. does this look like, how do we go about it? And I think we're on the 20th version of, of that checklist. <laughs> and no sooner right. than um, we had completed that checklist, uh, the state of Kansas came out adding, I think it's South Dakota and the country of Andorra now hmm. uh, as to who should quarantine. So yeah. it's it's just, I think, being flexible and understanding change is the new norm. More so in healthcare. I mean, right. health is always in a flex of change. So. Right. I mean, I don't think you'll have any problem this year demonstrating quality improvement and PDSA cycles, right? With 20 iterative changes or more. Um, Exactly. And I think though, for us, one of the shining or the positive things that has come out of this, my clinical staff has really remained focused on, Mm -hmm. on our quality improvement. Okay. And, you know, as volumes have decreased some while we've been busy with other things, they've been able to really focus on those quality and initiatives so our, our quality our uds standards have have improved and we've been able to focus on some things really to improve access to care and quality of care for our patients yeah so how are you approaching 
burnout or change burnout than with all of these iterative changes with your providers and your staff? Constant communication hmm. um, with with the staff. I mean, trying our very best uh, to always be open and upfront. If we don't know something, we don't know something, and we, right. we say it morning huddles where this is communicated, minutes are being put out there. Right. But then we also look at, at other ways to help support staff, um, okay. particularly during really when we were in lockdown and staff mm-hmm. were in that time of really unknowns. You know, the community, I think for us, the community rallying around us hmm. was so uplifting to see yeah. that community support, whether it was lunches being donated, um, masks being made, uh, right. just a variety, even little thank you notes being sent in. Hmm. Uh, so kind of trying to continue on that theme and provide those things for our staff. Hearing about the leadership and community support for health partnership staff during the COVID-19 pandemic really drives home how much we can accomplish when we're all rowing in the same direction. Kudos to the health partnership staff and the rest of the healthcare heroes out there. Amy makes a great point that things are always changing, particularly in healthcare, and there will never be a better time to make a change. Next up, we are going to hear from Alicia. She's a superstar medical assistant on Amy's team at Health Partnership, and we're going to talk to her about what this massive change initiative during COVID-19 has been like for her and the rest of the frontline staff at Health Partnership. Let's listen to her conversation with Ryan. Do you want to just maybe introduce yourself for me? So name, what you do, why you love doing it? Yes. My name is Alicia. I'm a medical assistant and I love helping our patients. I just like to see healthy patients and then successfully continue into their healthy lives. So you've been working with the organization since February. The organization had this idea to embark on this new initiative to improve patient care. What were your thoughts about that? At first I was caught off guard because I didn't know I was going to be part of this new process in our clinic. I was very scared. I didn't know what was going to come from it. I didn't know what to expect from it. So it was just a little hesitant to go into something without actually knowing what was to be expected or what was going to happen in the future with it. Had Have you ever done something like this before? No, my very first time. And I asked everybody, I'm like, I'm kind of new. Like, how do you guys expect me to do this? Why are you putting all your faith in me at the moment? I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you mentioned some thoughts, right? Like you were, you were afraid, you were concerned, you were very uncertain about it all. Having gone through that yourself initially, how do you feel like having gone through that experience, it has helped you be able to help others go through the similar experience? Well, it's actually opened up my mindset a lot. I'm more willing to do things without thinking much about it. Like I'll, I'll be more acceptance to going with the flow. Now teaching everybody else, it's a little bit of a, of a hurdle because again, it's something new to everybody. So they, sometimes we see it with a negative perspective. Mm. Like we're so used to doing things a certain way that when we change it or bring something new, it's always hard to transition into something that could potentially help us out. You know, I just think it's because we're all said in a certain way that we don't want to change. And it's just like a every life kind of thing, especially in a new, in a healthcare field, if you're so used to doing something a certain way and it's working for you, you just don't want to change that. And I think that's one of the hurdles we had is certain things work 
for certain providers that when you bring something new in, you really don't want to change that until you finally see what that new change brings. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You're afraid, you're not really sure of what all these changes are, and you kind of are waiting on a wish and a, and a limb here that it, it's going to produce the effects that you think it is, but it requires a lot of change to maybe get there. Yes. Oh, yes, a lot. <laughs> yeah. So is there something in the beginning of this process that you didn't necessarily like or were apprehensive about, but yet in the end, you've come to enjoy or like because you've been able to see the outcome? Yes. One of the big things that I was very hesitant to start was the sheep and shepherd model. As a provider or getting into a provider's shoes, I think of the provider running the clinic, the provider doing all the decisions, the provider deciding whether or not they want to see the patient. Mm -hmm. So when as an MA steps in and has to be the shepherd, that was really hard for me because in my head, I'm like, how am I going to boss my provider around? Mm -hmm. How am I going to tell her what to do and when to do it and how to do it? Like it just, it didn't make any sense to me at first. Then I was like, okay, I, I, I can, I can, I can go with this. I, I'm liking this. After I got into it, then I finally realized that you do have to be the shepherd for the provider. I mean, the provider thinks that they can handle everything in a certain amount of time, and it's not realistic. Hmm. So managing or shepherding our provider just guided us to support the provider and saying, hey, maybe you should go see this patient, and before you go see this one, because this one's more complex than the other. So that's a better way to run our clinic and it's, it runs smoother. And then nobody's interrupting the provider when the provider is still focused on taking care of all these patients with all these complications in their health. And it's more of a provider does what they have to do. And then the MA just takes on the other. So like MAs also help run the clinic. So they know where, whether or not they're behind in clinic mm -hmm. or not. And so it's just, just help. Does it feel more team-based? I mean, do you feel like you understand maybe your role on the team and, and how you can contribute and help the team? Yes, I think so. And it helps build a good relationship between the provider and the MA mm. because then the MA knows what the provider wants and how they want it done. And then so does yeah. the provider. The provider knows how to work with the MA a little bit better. And that's some of the problems that I've out there. A lot of the providers and MAs don't have that special bond. And that's one thing that I do want to just jump in there and tell everybody having a relationship with your provider is something wonderful that will help. And your patients will notice mm. if the provider and the MA or whoever's working with the provider have that bond because then the patients feel more cared for and there's a not, a, not a lot of the things are being missed. So. Gotcha. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you, if you guys can figure out how to work well together, right. Mm -hmm. Then obviously yeah. Work we well. dance around <laughs> each other. <laughs> so um, what did you hear from your leaders before this initiative? And what do you wish you had known in hindsight that they had shared with you? So pretty much all I knew was that Coleman was coming. Right. I okay. didn't know who Coleman was. <laughs> <laughs> was random I people. didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know what Coleman stand for. Mm -hmm. um, so it was just really off guard kind of like they just came in and just said hey Coleman's coming they're gonna be here for so and so days please don't take any days off and like I said me being here since February I didn't know what to expect so I was hearing things from other co-workers on oh they they come and they watch you they're always looking behind you they're looking over your shoulder to what you're doing 
and that wasn't the case <laughs> there um so i just kind of wish that our administration could have like just said hey giving us a little bit more information on what coleman stand for what they were here for the goals that they were trying to work for maybe just throwing it out there hey they're coming in because we're noticing that we have areas that we need to change or better or improve, then I think that would have helped out a little more. You had mentioned kind of this idea of not being aware of who they were, what they were going to do, this team of kind of coming in to help you redesign. But then you had also talked about everyone having an opinion about that they were going to come and watch you and, you know, kind of be these like evil people. <laughs> taking marks of all the things you are or not doing in your job. How have you changed in your approach to taking coaching and mentoring and kind of feedback having gone through this process? Actually, me going through the whole process just helps me out a little more because then mm -hmm. as an MA, then I know what as an MA who didn't know what was didn't know what was going to happen. And me going to my other MAs and coaching them a little, I just tell them off the bat. I'm like, hey, I was in your position once. I'm yeah. like, it is very awkward. And so I just told them I've been there. So I'm here just to support you. Like, I don't want you guys to think that I'm just trying to push you guys to do all these things that I was taught. And so I think that was one of our good standing points was that I was more open-minded and I, I was trying to get them to be open-minded as well. Mm -hmm. Because if you come into this close-minded, and you don't want to take any feedback, then it's just tiresome because you just feel like you're having somebody following you around and watching what you're doing instead of accepting the advice you are being given and, and try and change little things here and there. And that's what, that's what tired me. So I, I, I'm not gonna even like say that I was okay with it the first day. I wasn't. Right. Um, okay. It was hard. So that's kind of what I wanted to tell all the other girls that I was coaching, not to stand from that point, but stand from the point of view where you're open-minded. And if you have any questions, just ask me, like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here for you. Right. So this kind of ties to what you were saying. What advice would you give other medical assistants or frontline staff that are going through this kind of process change? What kind of advice would you give them? Uh, my first advice would be don't start off hesitant, just mm -hmm. run with it. And, and just take the advice. That'll be my second one. Take the advice um, because the advice helps a lot from our coaches that come in and, and, and see. My third one would be always ask for help. Don't let yourself sink. Mm. Uh, if, you, if you see that something's not working or you know that it will not work, speak up. Because if you don't speak up, nobody's going to know. And yeah. the help is there, so you have to take advantage of it. Yeah. Okay. What advice would you give leadership to other organizations who are thinking about making something like this successful? It is going to take time. <laughs> it is going to take time, but it is very well worth the, the step forward with this group. There's a lot of good that will come out of it, mm -hmm. but maybe you won't see it at the first two months. Mm -hmm. Down the road, it'll change and everything will be a little bit most, more smoother than it was. Yeah. Can't eat an elephant in, in one bite, right? You got to take small yeah. bites and get there. <laughs> yeah, because I was thinking of just like next week, it'll be all fine. 
it, that wasn't the case. <laughs> <laughs> having some patience. So um, COVID-19 is kind of the world that we live here in right now. In oh. and, and then your organization decided to undergo this huge process change and try to change the way they did clinical workflows. Kind of walk me through a little bit here of what you thought about this big initiative while in or during a pandemic. <laughs> well, um, I think we're all going through it. It's just a big mess. Um, so it's really hard because your organization already has set uh, protocols mm -hmm. for this COVID-19 and for patients and so on and so. So when you have new protocols trying to be put in place, it's just really hard to work around them. No. But I do have to say that um, we will get through it. So, I mean, it's a trial and error kind of thing. So you have mm -hmm. to try things to figure out what's going to work. And it's okay. Because, I mean, nothing's perfect the first time around. That's great advice from Alicia. Have patience and don't get discouraged when not everything is perfect the first time. And isn't that really what continuous quality improvement is all about? Thanks to Alicia and Amy for sharing their stories and for all of the hard work they do on behalf of their patients. That marks the end of this podcast takeover. Special thanks to Ryan and the rest of the Coleman team for letting me take the reins for this episode. Shout out to Jonathan at Bionic Squid for all of his podcasting help, and we'll see you next time.